Hello and welcome to Spirit Pig. Inspired by the mission 7 Billion Fulfilled People, I track down the greatest thought leaders on the planet and interview them about happiness and fulfillment. Today I'm speaking with Buck Angel. Buck is a human rights activist, speaker, innovator and one of America's most successful porn stars. Mr. Angel, Buck's documentary about his life and transition from female to male, has helped to inspire and educate many on the struggles of being a transsexual person. His message of empowerment through self-acceptance and the mission to encourage everyone to be comfortable in their own skin, whatever that means, has struck a passionate chord with people around the world. Through appearances at Yale, Cornell and other major institutions, Buck is educating an entire generation on the fluidity of sexuality and identity politics. He's appeared on HBO, National Geographic, In Forbes, Esquire, Rolling Stone magazine, The New York Times, to name just a few. Buck, thanks so much for being here. Right on. <laughs> that's a nice interview. I mean, I, I that's know. a nice intro to, my, <laughs> to, my, to me. Thank you. Do you recognize yourself? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is that really me? <laughs> right on. Now, I'm always cautious. When, when I, I know that a lot of the guests I have get interviewed the whole time. And so I never like, want to just, I, I can imagine that people get asked like, the same questions again and again and again. So I'm not going to touch too much on sort of the past and stuff like that. But I just want to give a really quick recap just to say everyone, just to sort of set the scene. Like, um, you, you've had just an, a fascinating sort of story. And, um, like I said, I mentioned there's a documentary about your life. Um, but you, you were sort of a successful female fashion model. Then you, know, you were homeless for a bit, then a prostitute. There was, you, you tried to commit suicide. You were in a psychiatric, um, ward. And so a, a lot of, I think, I think you said, I think these are your words, but it was like people seeing you as a woman, interacting with you with, with, as a woman, calling you Susan, calling you she, you had this kind of choice. Like you, you just felt like you were in someone else's body, didn't you? It was like you either were going to kill yourself or something needed a change. And I think right, right at the beginning, you didn't even know you were a transsexual person. Was that just because it wasn't even spoken about? What, what was the reason how you didn't know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm 55 years old. So, you know, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s in Los Angeles, uh, California, in a suburb uh, called the San Fernando Valley. We There was nothing. I mean, even in the UK, pretty much the whole world, nobody really talked about being a transsexual person, let alone a child who I would say I feel like a boy. My parents raised me like a boy. But, you know, in, in the United States, it's like that's considered like a tomboy. And like you'll grow out of it, right? Like the little girl will grow out of wearing the boy clothes. And I always like to say I actually grew into it. I never grew out of it. It was really me. And so I had a, a very uh, tumultuous uh, childhood and upbringing because nobody understood me. People just thought – I eventually I thought I was a gay woman. They equated my gender to my sexuality, and so they were pushing me towards, you know, well, you're just a gay woman. When I wasn't a gay woman, I was a man. And so, yeah, I had to deal with people not understanding it medically like they do today. Fast forward today, and it's just a thing now. And it's amazing. It's saving lives. But when I was transitioning or when I wanted to, nobody understood at all. It was horrible. It really was horrible. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, how how do you try and... I mean, is it, is it waste of time to even try and describe that feeling to people? Or is it just like, it's, it is because, I mean, I can't equate it to someone saying I'm gay and people saying, well, you know, you're not, that doesn't exist. Or, you know, people were just trying to say, no, you just feel that way. It's not really how you are. My parents were amazing. They really did try. They really did you know, raised me very much masculine like a boy, but it wasn't until their friends 
when I got to be in my, you know, early teens going into puberty, they were like, that's your daughter and not your son. (laughs) And you must stop doing that. They shamed my parents into really stopping treating me like a boy as much as they did. So all of us were confused. My family, me, nobody could help us. We went to family counseling. We went, you know, they put me into psychiatry. None of it helped because nobody heard me when I said, I feel like a man when I would say this all the time until eventually I stopped saying it because people just went one ear and out the other and no one cared. You know, I can't say they didn't care. I guess they just didn't have the tools to deal with a person like myself. And so I suffered. I suffered and I suffered. You know, I became an alcoholic. I became a drug addict. I became homeless. I tried to kill myself. I mean, all the things these are all the reasons why I do what I do today because I don't want to see there's no reason that anyone ever has to go through what I did ever again because we have the tools now to talk about it which is pretty amazing the fact that we didn't have a framework to describe it to put it in right was, is, is that half the battle just so at least just to, just to understand okay we can, you can you can name it is that is that so important a hundred percent a hundred percent and so here's the deal you know i'm totally different so there's a movement today called the transgender movement and it's pretty similar to what i do but i have to let your listeners understand this i'm not a transgender person i am a transsexual person and a transsexual person is a more medical inclined person who wants to transition which means i wanted to transition from being born a female to transitioning sex change, what we used to call it, into becoming a man. And I did that through hormonal therapy and through surgery so that I could live and act and be a man today. So that's a a more of a transsexual person, somebody who wants to go from one binary, male or female, to another binary, male or female, through surgery and hormones. Today we have transgender, which is an umbrella term for everything else, which means you could be fluid, you don't have to transition medically, you could just be a trans person and say, I'm male, female, or they or them. It's a whole different spectrum of gender that's existing today. And so, but what's happening is the word transsexual is being pushed out of this movement. And I have a real, I wouldn't say problem with it, but I think it's very important that people understand the distinctions between a person who medically wants to change and medically wants to transition to become the other gender, mm. whereas today transgender is someone who lives in a much more fluid space and considers themselves a trans person. I don't live as a trans person. I live totally as a man. And this is a very important distinction because there are people like me who just want to be binary. I want to be like you. I want to be a man. I want to live the world as a man. And that's really important for people out there to hear that there is a huge difference today but when i was doing it it was most definitely that i felt like a man and i wanted to be a man but people you know what we call remember we used to call it a sex change i don't know how old you are but that's what we used to call it Mm. because being a teenager and going through puberty is such like an emotionally charged time anyway and there's so much doesn't matter like for anyone it's emotionally charged do you see a danger in people changing their sex so young is there are there many cases of regret because there's so much going on anyway like is that an issue or is it not 
You know, that's a really great question. I appreciate that question a lot, especially as an older transsexual man who really is watching this movement move so fast. And on one side, I can tell you it's amazing. It's beautiful. I work with parents. I work with children. You know, I'm very happy. And it makes me so happy to see a child get the opportunity to say, I'm a man. You know, mom, I feel like a boy. And your mom's like, yeah, that's totally cool. How, how can we fix that? That's everything for somebody like me to see. That said, things can move fast and it's why we need to calm down and we need to come back and we need to understand what does it all mean because again when I transitioned it was I wanted to do A to B now it's such a different transitioning thing that not everybody wants to do that so I think we need to understand yes there is medical transitioning for children, but it is something that we must really talk about. What what are the children change their minds all the time, mm. <laughs> and that's a real thing. So to say an eight year old knows specifically what gender they are, I could say that's possible because I did the same thing. But are do all children know that? And is there a space that we need to give to children to play with that? And we do. We don't give hormones to children here in the United States. We give what's called hormone blockers. So they stop the hormonal, they stop the, uh, you know, the puberty period from coming through. So for somebody like myself, I wouldn't grow boobs and I wouldn't get my period, but it would give me a time to think about is this. So if I decide I'm actually not, you can stop that and go right back into having, you know, going through your puberty and everything is fine. And it is an interesting and it's not dangerous so far. That's what they, the studies they have. And I don't think it is dangerous. I think it gives kids a chance to understand themselves without, you know, medically transitioning. Because once you medically transition, honestly, my friend, there isn't really going back. So Mm -hmm. it's not something you better think about that. Why I think it's important that we give people a space to transition without medical so that they can see if that is something that they really want to do. And with, with all the hormones and the testosterone and stuff like that, is that, is that like mainly during the actual transition and then they, then you t- they kind of phase out or is that just something which you constantly um, take, like almost like supplements on like a daily, on a daily thing? Yes. Like for myself, I've been doing testosterone for 20 some, 22 years, I think now, and I have to do it for the rest of my life. So I inject testosterone every week because I don't have testicles. So I don't produce testosterone. So I just have, it's maintenance. Like, like if you have diabetes, right, you have to just, you know, give your insulin every week or whenever you do it. Same thing. So now I'm just so used to it. So even with all of us, we all have to, if we choose to do the, the testosterone, you have to inject it for the rest of your life. Yes. Yes. When when I was researching this, I I love, I love speaking to people, uh, where it's because so, so much things comes from just unknown. When you don't understand a topic, then that breeds fear. And then fear turns to like, I know, distrust and hate and then them and us and so oh, so much of it is just let's just just chat about it and um i i was when researching you because i was like you know what? i know one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on because it's just like I, I just didn't know anything about it and i was just mm. thinking like how can we be better like as parents as teachers as friends as society yeah. what, what what can we do better for trans people like apart from like step one i guess just understanding mm. it and like talking about it it's not like a not right. this big strange thing let's just chat about it but what else right. can we do Well, first, I just want to tell you again, thank you, because really, it's about dialogue, and it's about conversation. And clearly, you know that, because that's what your show is about, dialogue, information. It's giving people out there information that they don't know about. And I'm I'm all about that. That's why I'm here. That's why I go around the world. It might be uncomfortable. 
to be honest with you, nothing's uncomfortable for me. I'm like an <laughs> open book. But that said, there's a lot of transgender people who aren't comfortable talking about their transition and they don't want people to ask them questions. And it's something that I sort of, you know, get into a little headbutting with some of the people in my community because I believe that it is my responsibility as a transsexual man to educate you. Now, I can't do it for the rest of my, my life to you. You need to listen, open your ears, either accept it or not. That's the way that I think that we need to start having conversations. People are going to understand it or they're not going to understand it. That, you know, I can't force you to be okay with my transition. But what I can do is say, this is why I can give you the opportunity to listen to me. I can give you the opportunity to have compassion, empathy, or whatever you want to do. Or I can just let you go to the side and not be okay with it. Not everybody's going to be okay with us. They're just not. And that's the reality of my community is that we need to understand. We need to educate. We need to see what people think about it. If they don't accept it, we just move on and find people who do accept it because they're not. They're just not going to accept us. I've been doing this for so long. People say so many mean things to me. They're still very hurtful. They, people want to kill me. <laughs> they want to kill me. And I'm like, what? Like, think, think about that for a second. Your listeners, think about that. What am I touching on? to people that they just want to kill me. It's something deep inside of them that really is affecting them, that I'm saying I'm a man, even though I don't have a penis or I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually sort of in a sense confronting people's idea of what it means to be masculine or feminine or what it means to be male or female. And these are things that we've been told our whole lives that aren't necessarily true. I've proven it, it isn't true. A penis does not make you a man. On that point, I remember you um, you were describing how, like, imagine, uh, yeah, if, if you if your if your version of I'm a man because I've got a penis, I'm a you know a woman. Yeah. If, if you if you had an accident and then you know you lost your penis, so then suddenly it's like, oh, does that make you not a man? So that that is such an obvious question, of course. Yes. You know, and so of course. <laughs> it's the best question ever because every single man <laughs> always changes their mind and they're like, no, actually, you're a guy. <laughs> But you're so attached. Men are so attached to their penises. They really are. And it's not, it's just something you've been taught. You've been taught from day one. Your penis is your masculinity. And mm -hmm. that is what you're taught. So I understand that. And I have total empathy and compassion around the fact that, you know, people have been taught a very specific thing. We have to be, we have to have compassion back and retrain everybody everybody from us to you and just come and it's a new world there's new gender there's new sexuality we need to stop shoving people in these boxes that we think people need to be in They're, we're not giving people a chance to get in their own boxes if that's what they choose to do yeah and it's, it's interesting i mean like this is you know this would be completely obvious to you but like um when people do react like you said with just just pure like anger disgust like wanting to kill like it, it obviously says so much more about the person and what they're going through in terms of then you know it, yes. as, as, as hurtful and as horrid and as unpleasant that is obviously to receive and I, I, I've got no idea I mm. mean it's it is it's it's much it's saying that clearly there's some things going on with that person that there's a lot of unresolved <laughs> fear and totally. things going on there to be to have why would they have such a violent reaction otherwise 
Why? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I always know and why I feel very secure in myself because I know people are reacting out of their own fear. It has given me a lot of power to learn that. When people come at me angry or whatever, I know exactly what it is. It's their own fear of something within them own, within their, in their own self. And it's why I don't take it personally anymore mm -hmm. because I understand that person is hurt and there's something inside of them that they're not dealing with, so they're lashing out. And to learn that has been one a huge gift for me because it's been able for me to be able to confront and be able to educate back without getting angry and be able to continue the conversation without taking it personally, which I think is a really important part of being a public figure and being out there and, you know, and advocating for a certain thing to learn not to take things personally. On the one side, you've obviously got, you know, these unpleasant figures, but have you been amazed by the goodness in human nature along the way of like the incredible people? I just meet so many amazing people. My life has been really just turned from shit to, <laughs> to gold. It's, you know, and I, I equate that also because I have accepted myself and I don't care what people think about me. And I just say what I need to say. And, and that's a huge freedom within itself to just be able to not care what people think about you. It's interesting. So the reason I asked that question is because I've seen it so many times where often when we can step into a place where of just complete vulnerability and we open up about... <laughs> our shame, our guilt, or whatever, whatever it is, the, the thing yeah. which in our head is like this big, the, this big scary monster. And we have, we almost don't want to talk about it. The second people I'd see it just like, just put themselves out there and be completely vulnerable. Then rather than everyone being repulsed and like everyone running away, like we, we imagine often the complete yeah. opposite happens. Then suddenly you're just like, you're out there, you you lay yourself completely bare. You're like a magnet for like these amazing, amazing people to come to your life. And so I'm, I'm that's yeah. why I wanted to ask. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you know, that's your show. You totally get it. It is about changing all your energy. It is what I talk about every day when I talk to my, you know, my community and I talk to them about change your attitude, stop being a victim. I have, we have built a victim at energy into our community, which is woe is me. Nobody cares. I'm a transsexual. No one's going to give me this. That is not true. That's not true with anything in your life. I don't care what you are. If you come to life with woe is me, that's how life will treat you. If you come to life with thank you very much for giving me a bed to sleep in, thank you very much for giving me some food on my table, those simple little things will click into your brain and all of a sudden you're like, wow, actually I feel, you know, people lose sight of so much. They just lose sight of so much because they get into that victim energy and I believe it's everything. The energy you put out is the energy you get back. It's real. Recently, um, I had a guy on called Johan Hari, and he wrote this book called Lost Connections. And it's, um, it's in particular about depression and anxiety. And because he suffered from depression for, I think, for years, for pretty much all yeah. of his, um, like 15, 20 years. And one of the points in that book, it, it talks about when you're like in deep depression or when you kind of, when, yeah, when, when you, when you suffer from depression and anxiety, you're, your view and your time frame of the future can completely shrinks. So like yes. it, you literally can barely see to the end of the day or the end of the week, as opposed to having dreams, ambitions, goals, suddenly like yes. your reality is like, there is no future. It seems so bleak. And I guess, yeah, that's, that's hard that if, if people are living in whatever, in, in, in a body, which just mm -hmm. isn't for them, isn't, you know, they, they've, they can't see that hope. And so I guess yeah. giving people that, that belief and that hope that, that there is actually a future which they can get behind and get excited about is, um, that's massive. 
it's massive. I can't, <laughs> I can't even tell you it's massive mm. because I see the kids, they come to me and they are scared and they're not sure and they don't know. And they, and then I know I give them a bit of comfort. They see me, mm. they see themselves in me. I didn't have that. Remember that I transitioned over 20 years ago. There wasn't even really the internet when I transitioned. There wasn't cell phones. There was no way for me to look. What do I, what am I going to look like in 15 years? Or t- there was nothing when I did it. The doctor, told me I was his guinea pig, that he hadn't even done anything before me. The same with my surgeon. Everything I did was an experiment, and they even called me an experiment. And But look at me today, and it says everything. And that's why it's not – my voice isn't about trans, being a transsexual. My voice is about human rights, and that's why I call myself a human rights activist because my message is – human my message is global my message is about how do you find the space within yourself to become the person that you always wanted to be that is not a transsexual <laughs> message that is a message for life. people that's life. Yes, that's because life people message. are not i found out against all odds my friend i did it and every day i do it and that's why i get back out there because I've been blessed on so many levels and have so much gratitude. How can I not show? Because I do believe that's part of my uh, role to be here is to show that you can come from basically homelessness. I came from drug addiction, homelessness, suicide, everything. And I beat it. You know, I, I beat it because I had the passion to beat it. So when I have little kids write me and I'm talking little kids, I'm talking 16 yeah. who are like, you know, and I never thought 16 year old kids would be writing me and saying, Trampa, thank you for letting me see myself. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I would have lived for that. You know, my who, how I saw myself was G.I. Joe. That was my G.I. <laughs> Joe was my man. That's how I who I wanted to be and who I looked up to. Thank God for G.I. Joe, because he was my idea of masculinity. And, you know, it's, I think it's why I have such a hyper masculine sort of out you know physical being because i always equated myself to being that hyper masculine man when you were saying that like i was listening to what you're saying and it made me think of um just you touched on something which is just so massive and it's literally just we some of the most simple things which we all got the power to do we we got we don't actually realize just how powerful they are like one of the most powerful things you can do for anyone is just to just to just to see them and for them to feel like you're enough like um, yes. I think Oprah Winfrey talked about how, I mean, over the years, she's interviewed top actors, actresses, politicians, everyone. And doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who you are. She said pretty much as soon as they go stop recording, every single person has said some sort of variation of how was it? Was I OK? Um, uh. And it's pretty much everyone is saying, like, you know, did you see yeah. me? Was I okay? Am I enough? And it doesn't matter who yep. you are. It doesn't matter if you're super rich, if you've got nothing. It's yep. people just want to, you know, if you can just hold a space where you can just see somebody and with no judgment and just to, for them to feel like, yes, like you're enough. You know, I see you. I love you. That is just, that's massive. Everything. It's everything. Yeah. And so you don't think a young trans kid oh who's scared to death to Absolutely. take hormones who's scared to death. It's scary to transition. And if you're not scared to transition, then you should not be transitioning. Mm. It is a scary thing. It is a life changing. It is what I say. It is not a game. It is not a toy. This is what people need to hear from me, especially people who are wanting to medically transition. You better sit with yourself and you better get yourself into some kind of mental health care. I'm a huge believer in 
going to therapy before you even think about transitioning in any way, shape, or form physically because this part of your body, which is called your brain, <laughs> is your engine. <laughs> and if your engine isn't fine-tuned and running, it doesn't matter what you do physically to your body. It doesn't matter if you paint your car and change the tires. It will conk out. It will break down. You have to do – you have to work on your engine before and that's with anybody. You can't start going to – do your hair and get new clothes and paint your nails and get fake, you know, get some kind of surgery. You can't, you have to work on your brain first. That's a huge part of my message. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? Uh, a feel, uh, I have a fulfilled life and it means to me to be honest with yourself, to be every day you have to look inside that mirror and you have to say, am I a good person? That to me, every day I do that. Every day I look at myself and every day I say, "What? who am I? What have I done? What have I accomplished? And for me, my fulfilled life is being honest with myself every day, even if it hurts. Sometimes it does. And what is one thing our listeners can start doing today that will have a positive impact on their lives? Oh, uh, today, I think today should be the day that you find that thing that you've always wanted to deal with, but you haven't dealt with. Make that the day. Today should be the day that you look at that thing that you've always wanted to either get rid of out of your life or actually confront it on some level. Do it. Today, make that day to do it because it won't go away until you start to deal with it. Buck, how can people find out more about you? Where can we send them? Easy, buckangel.com. <laughs> I'm Buck Angel on Instagram, Buck Angel on Twitter, Buck Angel Official on Facebook, everywhere. Easy. Amazing. How, <laughs> did, you, how did you come up with your like, adult entertainment name? Was it like, because like you said, when you were a kid, like Buck, that was your name around the house. But like, what, when yeah. did you become Buck Angel? What was, the, what was the thinking? So when I was coming up with my name, I was like, it has to be something good. And I always loved the name Buck because it's just a very hyper-masculine American, like, man name but then it also rhymes with buck <laughs> so i'm like oh my god that's the perfect name and then angel is sort of like feminine masculine right so it just rolled off of my tongue i was like buck angel and it was like that was it and it just magically it is everything about my porn career everything about where i am today is magic it is and it's really the universe picking me up and putting me into a space because I let the universe do that. That's another thing your listeners must hear. Let the universe do its work. It will. You must really have confidence in the fact that the universe does love you and the universe will take you. Stop being scared because that's what's holding you back is fear. Don't have fear. I should almost end on that point, but I wanted to say, like, I don't know if this is just a UK thing or this is a worldwide thing, but like the way to come up with your poor name, it's like the name of that, oh. your, the name of your first pair yes. and then like your yes. mum's, your mum's maiden name. And so I, I, like I, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't remember which pet came first, but I would either be, <laughs> I would either be Badger Clark. And I was like, yeah, Badger Clark, Badger Clark sounds pretty poor. And I think that if yes. I had a poor interesting That's name, awesome. Or, or Biggles Clark. Biggles <laughs> Clark or Badger Clark. I can't decide no, which Badger. one. Badger's way better. Okay, so I, I, <laughs> I, I bet I better I better I get that name just so someone doesn't get it. So if I, I, if, totally. I <laughs> if I ever decide that podcasting isn't for me, and then I've got you know I've got <laughs> I got some time in the adult entertainment industry, Badger Clark, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this. It's been wicked, and um, thank you for hopefully like inspiring a lot of our audience and for teaching people you know just for doing what you're doing and speaking out, and it's it's cool. So thanks for thanks for being here. 
No, thank you, my friend. You gave me voice and that's what I need. You know what I mean? So it's you actually helping me get my voice out there and to hopefully change the world. And we need some love. This world is a little bit sad right now. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much, my friend. <laughs>